if I can, you know, through Aboriginal ways, just reach out to some of our mob. Working with the wider non-Aboriginal community and working with our own community together allows us to start eating. In the past, you know, people know who they are and that type of thing, but there hasn't been something there to bring everything together, to bring people together, and Native Title has done that. Nina Marnie. Welcome to Aboriginal Way, produced by South Australian Native Title Services. I'm your host, Caleb Sweeting, and before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting today from Radio Adelaide on Ghana land. So I'd like to pay my respects to Ghana elders past, present and emerging. Each episode, we share First Nations stories and Native Title news from across South Australia. So, let's get into it. Common Dissonance is a two-person contemporary circus and theatre show coming to this year's Adelaide Fringe. It explores the contradictory upbringings of the two performers who share stories of traditional Indigenous perspectives and modern Australian life. This two-hand circus work is created by Najanang Circus and directed by a company founder and Waka Waka man, Harley Mann, who joins me now, and as I understand, he's on his way to get a COVID test. How are you going, Harley? Hey, good, Gavin. Thanks for having me on the show. That's Sorry, all right. It's a bit um, awkward with all the COVIDness. No, no, that's okay. I'm sure our listeners can empathise with you right now. So, <laughs> yes. Did you want to talk a bit about the show and how it came together? Sure. So, Common Dissonance is one of our earlier works, uh, and it is a contemporary circus work. That's what the company does. That's where our our passion and our heart lies. And it explores uh, what at first appears like opposing ways of reasoning, but as the show sort of progresses, we start to realize that they're just different. And and it's centered around these two characters or these two personas on stage, uh, which is myself, and then a non-First Nations uh, woman is Mel Champagne And we started to look at the parts of our lives that uh, match each other, that were similar and relatable, but then the other parts of our lives that kind of conflicted with each other and weren't really the same or, or didn't have that kind of same importance. And we turned that into sort of physical languages and circus choreography try and tell the story and, and find a place of equilibrium and this is a place of harmony where these ways of reasoning could cohabitate and coexist. Yeah, which is very representative of Australian life right now. Exactly. Well, most of the time, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the I mean, the irony is that I'm getting a COVID test now and one of the things that making the show we made it back in twenty nineteen and it was very much centered around First Nations and non-First Nations ways of reasoning. But fast forward now to 2022 and, you know, we're seeing these two different ways of approaching uh, reasoning or approaching this global pandemic of, of COVID where we've got this, this scientific view, this very analytical way of going and okay, this is this is what we need to do and this is how we need to solve this problem. But then we also on the flip side or on the other hand have an opposing view which is about health and, you know, preserving what we've understood about our health and maybe not necessarily jumping straight into this vaccine and having some hesitance and having, you know, another way of approaching and thinking about it. 
has the show changed in any way since then or is it still the same show it was? It's, no, it's definitely changed. It's definitely grown. It's said that the way we make our work at Madanung is, is about people. It's all about the team. And it's, it's about this idea that we might not necessarily know where we're going, but as long as we get the right people on the bus, we'll get somewhere. And so the people in the work really drive the story and the narrative and the way it's shaped. And that's, you know, that comes across in stories that are told, but also in the physicality of the circus. Sometimes, you know, some person, some people can't do the same tricks that they can every night. It's just one of those things about the medium. And you might be injured or not, not even injured, just monitoring a, um, you know, a limitation. And so we have to adapt the show and grow the show for the people in the moment. And that's kind of what makes it special. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, knowing this, if I do go and see the show when it comes to Adelaide, it'll mean that I'm going to see something that maybe no one else will see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we come to Adelaide and, you know, this will be the first time we've toured the work off um, out of Melbourne, so off Woonwurrung country, Woonwurrung Winery, and moving into Adelaide, there's a... There's a an importance of the of the people and the stories and the history that's there. We never want to pretend that, you know, we are the first to do something. We're kind of always following in the footsteps of the people before us, whether that's First Nations or non-First Nations. And so coming to Adelaide, it's really important for us to, you know, respect the land that we're on, tread lightly, tread gently, and tell stories authentically where they've been told for generations on generations. So in, in Waka Waka, Najanang is hands and feet um, in, in language. And it was one of those moments that, you know, circus and, and parts of the circus um, really just organically came out. You know, it's one of those ideas that holding hands and holding feet is something inherent in our craft. Uh, it sometimes it's interesting when you know you get a new acrobat in who might be a little bit uncomfortable with being so physically in contact but it is really about holding hands and, and, and there are metaphors in that that come out in human life as well about leading and footsteps and next generations so that's one of the things as a company we strive to uh, integrate and, and hold on to well, I mean, that that physical touch and connection is so important. And I think it's something that a lot of us are craving, you know, during COVID. Mm. How have you... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have, how, have, have you been able to adapt with that as you've moved along? Yes. Yeah, so we've, we've had to do a couple of, you know, practical things and make decisions along the way with COVID protocol. Sometimes, you know, have to be a little bit resourceful as a small company, whether that means the ensemble move in together and, and do a little bit of um, intimate sharing of the spaces just so that we're in the same bubbles and things like that. But also it's just a, a very um, relieving feeling. We had an acrobat working with us uh, during the middle of COVID and they their partner had moved away for COVID reasons. And they realised that when we're not training, they don't hug anyone. And this sort of loss of human connection and, and not being connected to their family or their partner or people around them was really quite detrimental. And I think whether it's COVID or not COVID, that, that, that 
that connect, that that human hold, that holding hands, that leading, that that being around people is something that we're slowly losing. And and for me, it's almost you know an endangered human behaviour. Oh, okay. I think I would agree with you, especially with where this whole meta universe is going and how digital yeah, could overtake, exactly. you know, in real life. It's, yeah, definitely interesting to look at. And we kind of did touch on it before, but I am interested in your take on, you know, spirituality and science and how they go hand in hand and what that means. Yeah, so that's that's probably where the show found its, itself. Like the origins of the show came from a really kind of um, unplanned and unthought about moment in my life where I was spending time um, with Mob talking about uh, ghost stories. We're just telling ghost stories and and yarning about like, you know, encounters people had had with spirits and, and being places where, you know, if you weren't meant to be in that place, if something traumatic had happened there and you went to sleep, that you would, a spirit would come to you in the night and it would wake you up and it would tell you, obviously not verbally tell you, but you would know that it was time to go or to get out of that place. <laughs> and then fast forward, sorry, that's all the COVID. Um, fast forward a little bit into the future and I was back at, at uni, which is a predominantly white institution, and I was talking to some of my cohort about this idea and about this, these spirits that you would see at night and they would pin you down and and very quickly, it was explained to me that that was actually um, sleep paralysis, this really clear, scientifically understood experience that lots of people have, right? And and I kind of thought to myself, like, oh, that's really strange that there are, not strange, but interesting that there are two different approaches to why that, that happened. The same visceral experience but explained completely differently. And I don't think either is right or wrong. I don't think one holds more merit than the other. But it was just, it was very um, enlightening to have that moment of like, oh, okay, this is what this person believes and this is what that person believes. And neither are right, neither are wrong. And you have to take for yourself the bits that work in your life and the bits that don't necessarily work. And and I find myself as a First Nations person in living in you know, modern Australia or so-called Australia, taking bits of this modernness that, that worked for me and taking the bits of culture that I, that I have to hold on to and keep connected to, to inform my identity and my personality. And that's essentially the show like wrapped up in itself. Yeah. So is that like the main takeaway message that you want people to walk away with or maybe to be thinking about when they're leaving the show? Definitely. I think that's, that's the thing. And there's this kind of beautiful thing about the show because of the contrast of, of the First Nations and non-First Nations character and also the, uh, the fact that it's, it's for an audiences that are First Nations and non-First Nations alike that you kind of get to see bits of yourself and within each character, whether or not they represent your culture. So you get to kind of go, yeah, you know, the ways that blackfellas think and, and act and behave, they're not exclusively blackfella. Like, cultures around the world have done it, and there are things within people that, you know, even white whitefellas that kind of have that same ethos or, or, or process or thinking. It's just that maybe that sometimes it can get lost and, or not prioritised. 
And I think, yeah, in this show, when people watch it, you kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. I do like being silly or I do like, you know, really holding on to something that I might not be able to explain with science, but it really is important and it does have a value and a history to it that I can't just forget. I guess my my main reason to, to come to this show is to challenge yourself. I think as people, we we struggle now in this world to put ourselves in situations that we're uncomfortable. We spend our lives trying to find routine and regularity. And this is a show that isn't that. It isn't stock standard. There's no formula. It's unpredictable. And so if you're looking to, to grow as a person, I think this is probably the show for you. All right. Sounds good to me. If people do want to go and check it out, they can head to Gluttony from Feb 18 to March 6 and tickets are available at adelaidefringe.com.au. Thank you to my guest today, Harley Mann. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. No problem. And good luck with the COVID test. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Aboriginal Way. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the show on any podcasting platform. And if you like what you're listening to, why not leave a review? My name is Caleb Sweeting, and as always, I'll catch you next time.